Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got him now, Dewey. Happy New Year to you, Shim. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm very, very well. How was your Christmas and everything? It was pretty subdued, mate. When you've got a couple of kids under 10, it's, you know, as, 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 yeah. you know, as sentimental as it might sound and a bit mawkish, it's sort of, it, it is quite lovely to see the kids in the excitement on Christmas Day. But New Year's Day, I, I took my daughter to see the nine o'clock fireworks. I did not have a drop and I was in bed by 11. So I was very rock and roll, oh, yeah. Simon. Very rock. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say that. Listen, just because you're cool, you got your cool card, and you're still playing a rock band, Simon. Doesn't mean I'm. Oh well, we did. Yeah, that was great, though. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I, we sort of put it out to the listeners. They played a bit of White Snake on the breakfast program, and I sort of jokingly said, "Well, you know, if I can get ten messages." in saying play some Mario Speedwagon, we will do it. You've never seen the switchboard <laughs> light up like it did. Where do you stand on on the cock rock of somebody like an REO Speedwagon, Simon Hill? Yeah, I don't mind a bit of Rio Speedwagon. Uh, I like Whitesnake. <laughs> that was very much one of my bands yeah. growing up. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, it, obviously, it's a bit more middle of the road than, than my taste. But, uh, mm. yeah, I like a bit of Rio Speedwagon back in the day. Yeah, Jim Coverdale, Whitesnake. Not bad. Hey, listen uh, to... David, David Coverdale. Da- oh, did I say Jim Coverdale? Sorry, I'm thinking of Jimmy Page, of course. Uh, a bit <laughs> my apologies. Because they did a, a collaboration, didn't they? Coverdale Page, I think, in the post sort of Zeppelin oh, White Snake era from, Lots from of them memory. did collaborations, yeah. They did. A yeah. bizarre story, Simon, around the league table. I saw this sort of crop up in socials last night. I saw your comment on it. Now, wins yeah. are now the first tiebreaker rather than goal difference, which is the standard <laughs> yeah. around the world. This is uncovered by a Wellington Phoenix fan on Twitter slash X. The question I'm and many other people are asking is, is why? It's uh, a good question. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> to be honest, I don't have an answer. Um, I wish I did. We, we were blindsided by this uh, over the weekend as well because I was at the Melbourne Victory Adelaide United game on Saturday night, and of course they won uh, victory. And we all said, yep, yeah, they're top of the table going into 2024. Congratulations to them. Every media outlet reported the same thing, uh, including, by the way, the A-League Zone website. Um, <laughs> and as it turns mm. out, that was incorrect and nobody knew so it, it's apparently they they made a change in october and just didn't bother to tell anybody which um is a bit of a head scratcher to be honest uh so that that's the lack of communication for one uh secondly why they've done this i don't know M- maybe they've got a good reason um but as yet we haven't heard the explanation this goes against every other major league in the world probably with the exception of major league soccer whether they've copied and pasted their regulations i don't know um but every other league in the world does a goal difference as the first tiebreaker and personally that's that's my preference yeah um anyway you know that <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a bit speechless to, to be brutally honest with you yeah uh why they've done this and, and not bothered to tell anybody well it's, uh 
it's a strange one. It is, and a couple of aspects here. Firstly, that they didn't bother to tell anyone, but to, to make a change to what is, you know, or diverge from it, what is an acceptable global standard when nobody was demanding a change is is yep. perplexing, really perplexing. Uh, just have a look at the A-League yep. results. Look, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, that there are so many other things that, that need to be uh, sorted out in the A-League. And, you know, really to just uh, tinker with this uh, beggars belief, really. But anyway, there we go. And I'm sure we'll find it out in due course as to why they've made that change, or at least I hope so. <laughs> we'll have to tune into the global game, see if we can get somebody from the APL online. I don't know, the third banana's uh, working hard in the background to uh, speak to one of the representatives now. Uh, Brisbane yeah. Raw, you know, we, we, we were lauding them and, and the type of football they were playing in the early part of the season under Ross Aloisi. He's left, which we understand, I suppose. You can't say no to these opportunities. He's left... 8-1, trouncing by Melbourne City, now sitting seventh, but they do have a new coach in Ben Khan. Yeah, it's been a difficult uh, week or two for Brisbane Raw. Uh, and, you know, this was their, I think this was their third consecutive defeat against Melbourne City on Thursday when the wheels fell spectacularly off. Um, it turned out to be Luciano Trani's first and last game in interim charge with, with Ben Khan. Uh, being handed the reins. And look, I, I think, you know, Ben is a good appointment. It's no disrespect to Luchu. I, I know very well and I like. Um, but I think Ben has earned his stripes in the National Premier League and deserves an opportunity to show that he can perhaps do it at A-League level. And it's good that they've taken decisive action, uh, unless you're Luke Strani, of course. But I, I think they needed that certainty going forward. It's a pity that Ross has left because... The early part of the season was very good for Brisbane. Uh, they reached the Australia Cup final, as you remember. They were playing some decent stuff in the first few weeks of the league season. But, uh, yeah, it's clear that <clears throat> over the last couple of weeks, things have, have gone awry. And uh, they're going to have to resolve it, it pretty quickly because, I mean, on, on Thursday night, that was just a, a appalling mm. defending. Uh, they were open for business every time Melbourne City went forward. And that's to take nothing away from City, who were absolutely brilliant on the night. But uh, uh, Brisbane need to refocus very, very quickly. And I think it's good that they've made that permanent coaching decision uh, within a matter of days, really. I live in the Parramatta region. And, and what I love about living in a suburb, literally five minutes away from a, a boutique stadium or a state-of-the-art venue like Combank, is that you know the rugby league season, you see the blue and gold. But now in the... In, the soccer football season, Simon. You see the stream of red and black shirts around the streets. It's really wonderful. And the community are very much engaged in this Wanderers team, a particularly so professional win, wasn't it, last night against MacArthur? A couple of early goals yeah. before that Jake Holman cracker brought the Bulls back into it. But uh, they continue to impress the red and black. They do. And they've been building nicely now for the best part of 18 months under Marco Rodin. Uh, he had a good side last year and... Uh, they went very close, losing out in the finals in the in the derby to Sydney FC. And this year, they will expect to go uh, one better and get some silverware on the board because it's been 10 years since they last won a trophy. That uh, unbelievable Asian Champions League success in 2014 uh, under Tony Popovich. Uh, and they've struggled to replace him, but I think they've finally got the right man in, in Rudan. Uh, he's got a good side together. Um, he, he tinkers with the team. Uh, from time to time. And, you know, occasionally you, you look at some of his selections and think, well, that's an interesting one. Now, last season, I'll give you two examples. Brandon Borello was, uh, to all intents and purposes, a winger. 
And Rudan converted him not just into a, a decent centre forward, but one that you know was top scorer for the Wanderers and, and won international honours. Same with Aidan Simmons, who was a winger converted into a fullback. Yesterday, he brought on Gabriel Kleur for the last 20 minutes and played him in midfield. Now, I've only ever seen Gabriel play as a right back, but he, he laid on the what turned out to be the winner for Valentino Yule. So he, he's a smart coach, um, and you know he's, he's not scared to be flexible. And I think Wanderers are going to be there or thereabouts. They had to wait a bit to secure the three points yesterday against MacArthur. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have a good season, I think, the Wanderers. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, they maybe break that 10-year drought this season. To the Premier League action this morning, Liverpool 4, Newcastle 2. Now, it's interesting about Corey on the text line as a mad Liverpool fan. He says, Jules, I still see the only threat as Man City, your boys. Now, five behind Liverpool. They'd be happy too with a big win, Fulham over Arsenal. They're just showing uh, the shakes in the past couple of matches, uh, the Gunners. But what did you make of the Reds' performance this morning, Simon? Uh, well, first of all, Corey's left out the little asterisk that uh, we actually have a game in hand. So if we win that, we're only two <laughs> True. points behind. If, uh, if, if yeah, you win that. If. Yes. Well, that, that game in hand is at home to Brentford. And with the greatest respect, I mm. think City should probably win that yes. one. But anyway, you're right. They've still got to get the points on the board. Um, Liverpool are very strong this season. Again, I think Jurgen Klopp has invested well. I think Alexis McAllister is, is a terrific signing for them in midfield. Darwin Nunez, although he's he's not as prolific as we were led to believe, is is starting to have an impact. The big question for Liverpool, really, and he scored again this morning, Mo Salah, He's about to head off to the African Cup of Nations for a month. So they're going to have to do without one of their main uh, striking talents. Now, they do have Cody Gakpo. uh, They've got other players like Nunez uh, who can fit the bill. Uh, But he's he's a big loss. And, uh, you know, there there are other clubs like Tottenham who are going to be missing two or three players going to the Cup of Nations and the Asian Cup as well. Son Hong-min is is heading off to the Asian Cup with South Korea. So all these little one percenters uh, can make a difference. Now, City don't have any players going to either the African Cup of Nations or the Asian Cup. Does that make a difference when the likes of Kevin De Bruyne come back? He was on the bench for City's last game. Erling Haaland's not far away. Ruben Diaz and Jeremy Doku still to come back. So there's a long way to go. Liverpool are a slight favourites at the moment by virtue of the fact that they are top and they've lost only one game this season. They're very, very strong, particularly at home. But we're only halfway through. Don't go printing those T-shirts just yet. Shan't, shan't be doing that. Yes, and your boys got the better <laughs> of, uh, of Alex's boys. 2-0 over Sheffield United. Uh, you just mentioned there, Ange, and, and look... This was a big win, too, considering Bournemouth were on a, a tremendous run, 3-1, and he got a bit fiery towards the back end. But they are decimated at the moment, not just through losing players through injury, but as you mentioned, yeah. Asian Cup and, and African Cup of Nations. Uh, this is a, a, a difficult time now for Ange to negotiate. Yeah, it is, but he will have anticipated this. And, you know, you remember early on in the season when Spurs were top of the league after six or seven games and... Ange was quite sanguine about it, but equally, you know, not dowsing the expectation from his own supporters. I remember him saying, let the fans enjoy it. That's what being a football fan is all about. And he's right. Uh, But I think, you know, he knew that there were going to be periods where his squad depth was going to be tested. Maybe not to this extent, because they've got so many injuries, suspensions. And now, as I mentioned, the African Cup of Nations and Asian Cup starting. So all those players are flying off to be with their national teams for uh, probably the best part of a month. 
so Spurs' task really, I think, is is to stay in there around that race, certainly for the top four, if not the Premier League title itself. Uh, and it may well be that, uh, you know, Ems has gone to Daniel Levy, his chairman, and said, right, come on, it's time to open up the checkbook because we need some reinforcements. I'm pretty sure that he said that to him already. Mm. Um, but Ange is a smart cookie and uh, they'll be okay. I don't think they're going to win the Premier League this year, but uh, I think they might be top four. That'll be a stellar result considering that they lost you know, one of the greatest strikers in English history in Harry Kane. Uh, just before well, we you let... Know, I, I, sorry to interrupt yeah. there. I, I actually think that did Ange a bit of a favour. Yeah. Uh, he, he was actually in a no-lose situation with Harry Kane. If he kept him, he's got one of the best strikers in the world. If he sold him, he got a, a, a truckload of money to reinvest in the team. And he wasn't going to be blamed for Kane going because he'd only just arrived at the club. Yeah. As it's worked out, I think it's, it's been better for Tottenham because it's given Son much more responsibility, which he's thrived upon. And it's allowed Ange to play the way he wants his team to play, that high energy, high attacking press, um, w- without having to have questions every single week about his, his main man. So yeah. I-, I actually think it's worked in Tottenham's favour and Angie's. Yes, and Rich Allison, what, five in the last five games as well, you know, often maligned yeah. a- a- as a footballer. Just before we let you go, uh, do you have any contacts, Simon, in London that can maybe duck into a, a-, a boots and just pick up some cough syrup for Ange? Because I'm a bit concerned every time I see him speak, he's got the... <clears throat> but, <clears throat> uh, yes... I hope yeah. he gets that checked. Well, it's it's cold over there in the UK. You mm. know, it's winter, so the colds are doing the rounds. And, uh, you know, he's standing out on the touchline in the freezing weather every Saturday, barking orders for 90 minutes. So no wonder he's a little bit hoarse. But I'll tell you what, he is loving it. He's in his element. And this is what he's wanted all his life. And I'm delighted for him. He's doing very well. Yeah, I think all Australians are. Uh, the Global Game, Simon. Back on next week. Is that right, Maestro? Yeah, next week. Yes. Yeah, great. Back on the 9th. It uh, won't be me hosting, actually. It's Daniel Garr because I'm off to Qatar to cover the uh, the Asian Cup as well. Uh, hopefully the Socceroos can uh, can go deep into that tournament. So Garby's in the, in the chair for the next few weeks. Fantastic. Great to catch up as always, Simon. Safe travels. Cheers, mate. All the best.